Hello, everyone, and thank you for listening to this 16th episode of Raking Coals. This is a podcast of the E43 Collective. Please be sure to check out our website, e43collective.com, where you can listen to more episodes of Raking Coals or our other podcast, The After Sunday Discussion, where we talk about our various different hobbies and interests, the things we're reading, the things we're watching, and the things that we overall find enjoyable. If you haven't already, please be sure to subscribe, whether on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, or wherever you prefer to subscribe to your podcasts, we can be found there. In this 16th episode, Josh and I talk about what is an evangelical Christian. In recent times, we have found that the term evangelical Christian has become synonymous with something that I would say is culturally negative. So we seek to properly define what is evangelical Christianity, what is evangelicalism, and is it something that in this modern time we should be proud to call ourselves within Christianity? Please listen to the episode within its full context, let us know what you think, and comment over at e43collective.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 16 of Raking Coals. Today, we're going to jump right into our topic. We are going to hit the ground running. But before we do, I would just like to say hello. I'm one of your coast co one of your hosts, not one of your coasts, one of your hosts. The coasts are east and west. I'm a host. I am Cody Haggard, and with me, as always, is Josh Fauzi. Hello. Hope everybody had a good Easter last week yes happy easter to everybody hope you guys enjoyed your easter and that it was wonderful and that you had a good time with your family and most importantly a good time remembering the salvific work of our savior jesus Say that three christ times fast. salvific the salvific. salvific sacrificial work of jesus christ uh, today what we're going to be talking about is we're going to be talking about what is an evangelical christian what is evangelicalism what is the purpose of it is it still a good thing to consider yourself an evangelical Christian today? So first, I'm going to start off by asking Josh. Josh, you have you studied what in, what evangelicalism is at all? A little bit, a little but, bit. And yeah. you're familiar because you know we grew up in an evangelical church, right? You know, I've taken church history classes, I've taken American Protestantism classes, I've learned a lot about this, I've studied a lot about this, and. So from a non-formal educative education side of things, what would you consider to be an evangelical, just based on your opinion, your experience, and your understanding to this point in your life? So just from what I've been taught, at least from the churches that I've gone to, an evangelical Christian is somebody who believes in God and believes that the Bible is the word of God and that everything is inspired by God that's in scripture and that we are supposed to be following the great commission and going and evangelizing and sharing that gospel to make other believers. Man, that's great. That's great. The churches that you've gone to have done a good job of defining that. And, and I think that's something where the core of what evangelical Christianity is, what evangelicalism is, has kind of taken a back seat because of current things that have gone on politically in the past couple of years. And in the past, evangelical Christians have kind of, there's been a, 
a segment of them who have aligned themselves and allied themselves with certain political, um, political, uh, what I can't think of the word parties. right now, political parties, not political parties, but, um, political ide- ideologies, ideologies. I yes. think so it's, it's weird because I, f- I find that evangelical Christians and the word evangelical has become kind of homogenous with pro- and synonymous with Protestant Christians. That's true. That's true. And I, it's it, it's almost like it's a new la- it's a it's being it's a label that's being used the wrong way. Yeah, and and I think there are many Protestant denominations that are evangelical and and identify under evangelicalism. Evangelicalism is not a denomination. Right. It is a understanding and an approach to Christianity. So basically to kind of give the formal definition and the formal understanding of what evangelicalism is, and you can look this guy up. You can look up um, uh, David W. Bebbington is his name, and he kind of coined the four pillars of evangelicalism, uh, first being biblicism which is just a high regard for the Bible, uh, that the the Bible is God's Word. It is inspired, just like Josh men- mentioned. And then crucicentrism, which is a focus on the cross and the atoning work of Jesus Christ, uh, just showing that the cross is that necessary means for salvation. It plays a huge role in history. It plays a huge role in the history of the church as well as humanity. And then there's conversionism, which is the belief that humanity does need to be converted. In order to be saved, in order to have salvation, you need to be converted to a belief and alignment with God, which comes through faith in Jesus Christ. And then lastly, right, is the activism or the evangelism, the fact that we as Christians play a vital part in the spreading of the word and sharing our faith with other people, which, you know, in reality, isn't necessarily the focus of all wings of Christianity. Evangelism is something that has become very popular probably in the last hundred years or so um, in, in the way in which we do it now, but but a lot of the, a lot of the kind of... Um, other Christian denominations that don't necessarily embrace evangelicalism. And I think on the most traditional level, you have the Roman Catholic Church, which the Roman Catholic Church, I wouldn't necessarily say is as focused on evangelism. Would, would you say that from, from your perspective? I think they've changed a lot in the last 20 years, but, but I don't necessarily... Uh, yeah, I think, I think from when we were kids to now, I, I find them more more geared towards evangelism but then at the same time i find that the catholic church is very also very much mission mission oriented they do a lot of mission work yeah which is is very good i mean they have a fart re- i mean think of just all the all the great people and the saints that i mean recently that yeah. have done stuff I, I mean mother Teresa comes to mind and uh, the, it's very traditional yeah. and it, it's it's that's one of the hallmarks of Catholicism which is fine and I mean I, I find that I mean the Catholic Church is very much 
when it comes to statistics of just practicing and not practicing and believing and not pre- believing, I find that they're very close to Protestants. <laughs> what do you mean by that? Very close to Protestants. So like, like, so if you look at the statistics of people who, from Protestants who say like the Bible is the word of God and the inerrant word of God, or Jesus is the Messiah or the only way to, to heaven is the, the reality is, is that more and more so they are becoming more in like, they're very similar when it comes to those, those statistics, because a lot of Protestants have been taking a more, I don't know what exactly the word is. Like a backseat approach. No, not a backseat approach, but like they're stepping away from like the fundamental traditional tenets of the faith. Okay. Um, and, and I mean, there was a study, they were talking about it on Moody the other day where, I mean, it's just said more and more people who identify as evangelical Christians and go to a Protestant church believe that there are m- multiple ways to have it now. Yeah, yeah. I remember you were just telling me that, what was that, Tuesday? Tuesday. Yep. And... That's a that's an interesting thing. I think a lot of that has to do with it's got to do with the way in which Generation X and Millennials look at the world. But um, but yeah, that's that's kind of interesting. And, and so I, I see where you're going now. Mm-hmm. And and two, as we were as you were just mentioning about Roman Catholics, is that um, they they were very mission oriented, still are, and kind of one of their big things were were the Jesuits. Mm-hmm. So if anyone ever sees like a Jesuit church or like a Jesuit school or anything like that, what the Jesuits were were these um, these teachers in Catholicism who who basically they spread they spread Catholicism through offering education that was kind of their big thing the Jesuits were to set up schools and in education environments and and something about Catholicism at least with with my experience with it and, and just for anybody who is listening to this who is outside of the Strongsville or Cleveland Ohio area we live in probably one of the most predominantly Catholic areas in the country outside of the East Coast. Um, Cleveland is a huge Catholic area, and Catholicism is very big out here. So we're actually decently familiar. You know, mm-hmm. um, one of Josh and I's very good friends is is Catholic. He was part of our Bible study growing up, and always brought a little bit of a different perspective into those conversations. And so, basically. Uh, a big a big thing about how Catholicisms go about c- Catholicism goes about conversion is not necessarily uh, going around and preaching this evangelical mis- uh, this evangelical message of repentance, but rather they kind of they embrace the repentance, yes, but it's very much a process. There, the Catholicism has a process. You have the confirmation process. You have the the classes the PSR stuff mm-hmm. and then and it takes some time to get through all of that and and so it's more of a process than whereas evangelicalism and Protestant Christianity really kind of has has made a a strong foundation on like at that moment of faith and belief you're you, you're saved it's not it's not a process it's not mm-hmm. you got to go through all these different steps or these classes or anything like that it's more once you believe you you are saved right. Right. But I mean, at the same time, like Catholicism gets a really bad rap in Protestant groups because 
I mean, there is so much tradition and there's so much the the there there's a reason behind everything that happens at a Protestant or an Orthodox church, and there is a theology behind it. And it makes sense. I mean, you could look at things that go, that happen in Catholicism and Orthodoxy that you can say, okay, here in the Bible is where we can we can see that happening. Yeah. And um, and it's it's Protestants are very much. I mean, it's because of the Reformation. It's we we are different because yeah. we we want to be like we we want to. It's almost streamlined. It's it's weird, mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, that kind of gets out of the point. I mean, we're we're talking about evangelicalism, and honestly, I, the church right now isn't doing a good job as a whole when it comes to evangelizing. Yeah, I think evangelizing is problematic, and I think what has happened, like we mentioned early on in the podcast, is that evangelicalism is not necessarily now synonymous with this identity of people who are trying to share the gospel and share Christianity, but rather it's kind of taken on this image, and correct me if I'm wrong on saying this, but it's almost taken on this image of people who aggressively push their own ideals for political backing and religious uh, backing as well. So, so your religion and your politics are, are really closely tied. And mm-hmm. I feel like that's kind of where the name evangelical Christian has found itself in 2015, 2016 and beyond is this group of people who massively supported President Trump and... And, and like that's become a huge identifier in, in evangelical and with the word evangelical Christian, not necessarily evangelicalism. I still think evangelicalism and those who hold to it is is people are are out there trying to be like, no, 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 no. This isn't this isn't what an evangelical Christian is. But in the media and in the mainstream, it's kind of this image of of uh, people who are are committed to this somewhat controversial figure and and highly supported him. I mean, statistics show. Um, and, and that's kind of become synonymous with what an evangelical is. And to me, that's a little bit scary when any religious group becomes so closely knit to politics. Um, but that's kind of what's happened. Yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's an interesting phenomenon that we've been seeing. It's just like... We live in a time where labels are everything. I mean, labels have always been everything, but labels are the, I mean, instead of, that's what we labeled a group of people as now that, now the groups that are being labeled are embracing it. Mm -hmm. And they're saying, well, if I'm going to be labeled, then I'm going to do everything that that entails. And, um, and it's, it's interesting because as Christians, we're supposed to be a political we're not supposed to conform to the world. Yeah, and that's and, <laughs> and, and it's just like it's we view like we we all like it's 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 funny because you you find people. I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna steal a little bit from a pastor that I really like listening to because I think he 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 phrases it in a very very good way. But um, if you look at the United States and the pol- political parties, you will find Christians on both sides. Yeah. Okay, you will find devoted Christians on both sides. Yep. 
Um, if you look at demographics, any type of demographic, you will find devoted Christ following Christians on both sides mm-hmm. of any coin. And when we've 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 become so enamored by the politics. I'm not gonna say the politics, yeah. but the labels. Okay, and what we perceive those labels to mean. Yeah. That we forget we're we're called to a higher purpose and we're called to be representatives on this earth. Yeah. And when like the Bible uses the word ambassador, yeah. we are representing a foreign government. Right. <laughs> ourselves. And it's when when a when a foreign when an ambassador goes into a country, they the country that he represents isn't vying for a specific political party. They're not supposed to. Right. They are supposed to be representing their their government to whatever political party is there. Right. And they are apolitical. Right. And I mean there are a lot of things on both sides of the political coin in the United States that yeah. are v- that very closely aligned with scripture. Yeah. Taking care of the poor, looking out for widows and orphans. Yeah. Okay. But also being responsible for ourselves. Okay. And being stewards. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, it's just like, we're so fo- like, I feel like we just focus too much on one. And yeah. then we we decide to disregard the other and we say, I'm going to support this. Yeah. Because there are other things that are not aligned with scripture on both sides. And we try to, I mean, we do a really good job of ignoring them yeah. in a lot of cases. Yeah. And I think, and I think the reason kind of, we don't, we try not to make Ray and Coles a show about our own political commentary, but really I think with with evangelical Christianity and what an evangelical Christian is, it's become part of the political narrative. And so that's kind of why we address it. And I'll start off by saying whoever you vote for, whoever you back as, as president or politically, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna judge you for, for who you voted for or who you didn't vote for. In fact, I love to talk to people and hear out why they vote for certain individuals and if you were a supporter of Donald Trump or Hillary Clinton you have your reasons for that and 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 in the case of evangelicalism i do think that it is it is important when especially if you were someone who who supported um our our current president with some of the character things going on that you do have to clearly state like okay these are things i legitimately think are are wrong and bad and be able to give some reason to whoever you're talking to of how you got to the point of of voting for for that individual if you want to have that conversation or you can just totally keep it to yourself which in a lot of scenarios is just probably best especially with how uh, people get so outraged in this day and age over over small small things mm-hmm. and so kind of with setting this primer uh, Josh I'll start off by asking you are you has anyone ever come up and asked you like are you an evangelical christian or maybe you say you're a christian and then they say are you an evangelical christian are you an evangelical has anyone asked you that because i know for me i have not been directly asked that ever i it it's it's funny because like so 
I, I've experienced. Uh, this is recent in my memory, so that's the reason why I'm bringing it up. Is I, I've had a I had a coworker come up to me and just say like, "Hey, you're a Christian." Yeah. Well, what do you what do you think about this? And it was very much like it almost seemed like they were trying to coax me out. And I just told him what I thought. Okay, and he goes, "Well, you know those those evangelical Christians think this." And I was just like, well, that's not what the Bible says. And this is what, like, if we look at, if we're using the Bible as our guide, as our guide, okay, and it, and, and making the argument, because this person's not a Christian. So if it's like, if, if I truly believe the Bible is God's instruction book here for me here on earth, and I look exactly here in the scripture, this is where it contradicts what you just said. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and that's where that's where the whole evangelical brand, where I don't want it to get damaged. Because, Josh, I went to Moody Bible Institute. I'm currently enrolled in Moody Theological Seminary. And Moody has identified as an evangelical institute, right? We, we look at Moody as, as a proponent of evangelical Christianity. And the first thing I will say from my firsthand experience is that like it was mentioned in, in Bebbington's four pillars of evangelicalism, that biblicism, a very high view of the Bible, and a conservative reading of the Bible. And what I mean by conservative, I don't mean politically conservative, but rather looking at the Bible, looking at it literal, literally as often as it's possible, which is very, very, very often in the Bible— and in trying to put it within its proper context, study it, and, and really dig the meaning out of Scripture, not read our own meanings into it. And amongst scholars in Christianity, in evangelicalism, you probably have the most dedicated figures to really trying to tell you the truth about what is said in the Bible. You pick up an evangelical commentary, um, most of them are, are very honest about various different viewpoints, various different ways to look at this. They share with you kind of their own conclusions, but everything's put out there. Every interpretation is thrown out there, and, and it's a very solid way to study the Bible. And that's a big concern of evangelicalism is teaching the Bible for what is true and what's really in there. Evangelicals, what is, at least historically speaking, are not trying to skew the Bible for any type of ulterior motive other than to try and tell you the truth about it, which is why some of the modern trends in the modern narrative scares me because that is almost the picture that's being painted mm -hmm. of evangelicals. And I would say that the quote-unquote evangelical Christians that are getting this airtime are a very small minority of, of the ones I know. I don't know anybody like that. That's what I'll say. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. No, I... It... And again, we're Northerners, right? Josh, we're Northerners. We don't live in the Bible Belt. We don't live down South. Maybe it's different down there. Right. But. It's just, it's interesting because when you, when you talk to, I mean, and it's not just evangelical Christians now, it's just Christians in general. Right. I mean, the, the, the top three descriptions when you ask a non-church person about what they think about Christians, it's they're hypocrites, they're closed-minded, and they're judgmental. I mean, statistic, uh, study after study shows that. And uh, I mean, that's, I've, I, I hope, I hope we are trying not to do that. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, 
Cody and I were talking about just this. This was a few days ago, but we were. I was talking about how um, I was reading through the story of Zacchaeus, and just like it's it's funny because okay, so Luke nineteen. Is it 19? Yeah, yeah to Luke 19. Luke 19 they talk, is the story of Zacchaeus and Jesus. And, and it's, 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 I'm just going to read it real quick. It says, and I'm reading out of, am I reading out of, I'm reading out of the HCSB. Holman Christian Standard yes. Bible. Not to be confused with the CSB. Um, it says, he entered Jericho and was passing through. There was a man named Zacchaeus who was a chief tax collector, and he was rich. He was trying to see who Jesus was, but he was not able because of the crowd, since he was a short man. So running ahead, he climbed up a sycamore tree to see Jesus, since he was about to pass that way. When Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, Hurry and come down, because today I must stay at your house. And and before I finish the story, I I, I love this picture, because this happened. This this is history, right? Okay, Luke is a historian. Mm-hmm. Okay, and this is confirmed by eyewitnesses, according to what he tells the official that he's writing into. And it's just it's interesting because here you have a man who is longing to see Jesus. All he wants to do is see Jesus. Okay, he just wants to see what everybody's talking about. He wants to see this this great teacher, this miracle worker. Okay, and he he see he can't because he's short, so he goes and he puts himself in a position to see him. And when Jesus gets there, he looks up and he says, "Hey, you, I'm going to spend time with you. I'm going to your house." And and, and the reaction of the crowd is it's. It says, so he's, Jesus said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down because today I must stay at your house. So he quickly came down and welcomed him joyfully. All who saw it began to complain. He's gone to lodge with a sinful man. And, but Zacchaeus stood there and said to the Lord, look, I give half of my possessions to the poor Lord. And if I have extorted anything from anyone, I will pay back four times as much. And, and it's interesting because like what, what happens when Jesus says, I'm going to spend time with you. Everybody starts complaining. He's going to go. He's going to go hang out with who? What? Why is he going to his house? That's a sinful man. Nobody likes Zacchaeus. Yeah, nobody. He represents a terrible, oppressive, oppressive regime. Right. I can't even talk right now. Okay. Why would he go hang out with the people who we hate? Right. And um. And and Jesus and and just that quick encounter, Zacchaeus is telling Jesus, "Hey, this is how I'm going to change." And yeah. Jesus says, salvation has come to this house, Jesus told him, because, to, uh, because he too is a son of Abraham. For the son of man has come to seek and save the lost. And I think of, I think of what people, what, what each study keeps on showing about the church. It's like we're hypocritical, we're judgmental, we're closed-minded. 
And I mean, I've I've been there where I've seen people who, oh, that person, that person's not a Christian. Why are yeah. you hanging out with them? Or or that that person has a different orientation than what he should, or they say he should. Right. Okay. What? Why are you talking to him? Or that person believes a different religion. That person. That person has done drugs. <laughs> yeah. And and it and it's crazy because it's like why are you hanging out with them? And I I feel like, and I'm sorry, but it it seems like the church in the United States is looking is looking more like the crowd than they do Jesus. In a lot of ways. In in a lot of ways, and and I think what's really neat about that story too, in you look at how Zacchaeus responded was it was the encounter with Jesus that that changed him and look at Paul it was the encounter with Jesus that changed him and and evangelicalism and even in evangelizing is centered on trying to present the truth of Jesus and if people encounter Jesus and they have that moment of faith it will change them mm-hmm. i think a lot of times you know, we want to put the cart before the horse with evangelizing, right? We want everyone to change this about their lives, and you're wrong for doing this, and you're going to hell for doing this, and you're the worst thing in the world because of this, or you're sinning because of this. And it's in reality, our responsibility is to teach the truth in love, right? And and we are on a mission, and, and I believe fully that there is eternity, right? There's heaven and there's hell. And we want to fight the fight of of presenting the message of the gospel as clearly and with as much love as possible because I want I don't want to be responsible for turning someone away because I said things in a bad way or or I was too judgmental and or or you know I had the wrong ideas and, and that's you know we will all make mistakes mm-hmm. we'll all make mistakes in in conversation and talking about our faith and sharing our faith there there are, there are legitimate mistakes we make and and I think it is good especially for Christians to be quick to apologize when you say something dumb or or quick to to ask for forgiveness when you know you've sinned against somebody and and I think that what we see here with Zacchaeus right Jesus is what changed him. Paul, Jesus is what changed him. The disciples, Jesus is what changed them. And we are just messengers, like you mentioned, mm-hmm. right? We're ambassadors. We we are not we are not the saviors. We are not the changers. We're the messengers. Right. And we just want to faithfully share that message. And I find no harm in being as loving and as gentle as possible while sharing that message. And it's interesting because like you look at how Jesus did his ministry. And when he was with someone who the Bible says wasn't following God, very gentle, very, very, very much gracious, very merciful, always. Mm -hmm. But when it came to the religious leaders, the people who said that they were following Jesus, but weren't, I mean, he was brutal. He was brutal. I mean, he, he was brutal. Yeah. He, I mean, he flipped tables and whipped people. I mean, that's... <laughs> yeah. Um, but, but it's interesting because, I mean, our job as missionaries, just to expose people to the gospel. Yeah. It's the Holy Spirit that saves. 
Exactly. It's the work of the Holy Spirit. It's There's nothing that we do. And when people don't do what the Bible says and they're not Christians and they don't ascribe to the beliefs that come with that and the that 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 devotion and the following of Christ I mean you turn on the news and what is the secular media showing it's showing the church using very poignant heated language yeah that is brutal yeah it's mean I mean you see people with signs calling other people murderers and and um yeah abominations and it's just like that's not that's not Jesus yeah and a lot of times too, and the reality is, is that when we talk about sin, oftentimes, if you're not a believer and you don't think something is sin, you really, you probably really don't realize you're sinning. If in a lot of these actions that are that are character issues, right, and mm-hmm. things like that, I mean, this these are these are actions that the individuals who are you know, committing things that we as Christians will, will call them out as, as sinning for, it's like, oh, well, they don't even, they know not what they do, right? You got the line from Jesus there. They know not what they do. They don't know what they're doing. They exactly. don't understand it. And, and and it's not that they're not saying that they're stupid. Right. But it's, there's no, there's no conviction. There's, and and, yeah, and, and exactly. it's like in, to them, to, to whoever is not a Christian, it's fine. It's normal. But it's because, I mean, as a Christian, I believe and put my faith after Christ and believe that I should be following what he told me to do in the Bible. Yep. And so for me, if I were to sin, I should feel conviction because of that. Right. Yeah. And, and the reality, too, is like, I, I'm not saying that you never talk to people about sinning when mm-hmm. when when they're sinning but in the in reality depending on how we approach it it can either open or close a door if someone has done something that they're very repentant of and they're legitimately concerned that they might be going to hell because they robbed a a convenience store when they were a teenager for example and they think that there's no way in which they can be saved be because of that right that is their that was their condemnation that one act and people will cling to that and if that person comes to if that person's comfortable enough to come to someone who's a christian who's a believer and talk about that that is the way in which the believer can can really exemplify how jesus was is like yeah that you're right that is a sin and then you can also say but there's a whole lot of other sins too there's lots of sins we all commit and that doesn't mean you can't be forgiven and in fact the the road to forgiveness has has been laid out for us and god knew that we were going to be like this before we were ever even like this and there there was a plan for it and and it's a way to really lovingly and gently introduce someone to the gospel instead of being figures who always want to condemn if we are figures who always want to lead people to repentance i think there's a difference i think there's a difference be shown to in showing people how much god loves you versus how much we hate you mm-hmm. and it's you know it's it's tough because there are things that as christians you know we we can't we can't get behind like me i i i can't get behind the idea of abortion i can't 
Like, I know what God says. I have children of my own. I've seen the process. And it's like, ah, man, it's just so sad. To me, it's so sad. It's heartbreaking that it's something that our society fights to allow to happen, that there are people who fight for that to be a, a right and as of right now, it is a right, right? And it's to me, it's hard to see a nation that has people in it who are able to legitimately turn a blind eye to that. Even as science expands and things expands, there's, you know, it's to me, it's sad and it breaks my heart. However, if someone comes to me who's had an abortion or has gone through any of that, the last thing I want to do is make them feel worse about it. You know, like, and I think sometimes as Christians, unintentionally and evangelicals unintentionally do that they mm -hmm. make people feel worse for their sins than um feeling like they can be redeemed from them mm -hmm. and and it almost it's interesting because like i've had situations where i've had to walk away from conversations because people are feeling i mean people are vindicating themselves because they're watching people going through just more pain because of the decisions that they made where they're watching other people go through it and they're like, that's what they deserve. And you're like, dude, that's not yeah. what we're supposed to be doing. And 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 the reality is, is like, let's take abortion. All right. If you take God out of the equation, and we're talking under the sun thinking, okay? If you believe that there is no God, there's no eternity, and that when you die, you you're gone. And that's it. Okay, and there is no I mean, you're just a collection of neurons firing off in your brain and a body that's moving. I mean, to them, it's just, a, I mean, an embryo is just a, a grouping of cells. That's it. That's where it ends. Mm -hmm. So there is no moral issue there. And I think there's actually probably, this is just an opinion, I think there's a much smaller portion of people who actually think that way mm -hmm. than is portrayed mm -hmm. i think i think there is something that people know innately there is something to human life mm -hmm. and there's a small portion of people who want to you know share their scientific findings and get a lot of people behind it but i think a lot of people struggle with that worldview even people who would consider themselves atheistic naturalistic I think there's still a very small segment of people who fully buy into it. Just my opinion. Yeah. You know. I mean, I... I don't know everyone in the world. But at the same <laughs> time, it's like, it's really hard for us with a biblical viewpoint to think that way. I mean, yeah. it's extremely hard. It's, it's so super hard. so hard. And, and, and it's just, it's... As, as Christians, when we, like, taking this... It... it I watch people who they will like, oh, it's like you're, you're a terrible person if you even consider it. Just like, no, you're, you're desperate. You, you've, you've done something. There are consequences associated with it and you're scared. Yeah. And instead of, in, instead of saying, Hey, we know you're scared. We know this is big. We know you have no idea what, what to do. I mean, cause let's be honest. I mean, like if you told me, two minutes ago or two minutes from now, like not like this is a possibility, but like, like, Hey, you're going to be, you're going to have a kid. 
Yeah. Be like, what? <laughs> yeah, it's scary. Your life is completely different at that point. Yeah. And and as Christians, that's an opportunity. Mm-hmm. That's an opportunity to say, we know you're scared. Here, let us let us help you. Right. Let us let us give you guidance. Let us give you resources. Yeah. Let us let us as as a church. Okay, step in and minister to you. Yeah. Yeah, and like you said, guide somebody. Be like, there's, okay, you know of this option, but there are other options. Just let me show you them. Let me teach you. Let me guide you. I will go with you and and take that step, you know, because I think a lot of young girls, they find themselves in these situations, and they do need help. They Mm -hmm. need help. And... And as people, from the very first sin, we just want to justify that we didn't really sin, or we didn't really do anything wrong, right? right? Even when we... Or if we did, it's not a big deal. Right. You know, you got you got Adam and Eve, right? The, the, the blaming mm-hmm. from the very beginning, right? Blaming. Just, just oh, it right. was... God, what did you do? This this woman you gave me is broken, and then and then Eve's like, God, what did you do? You created these stupid snakes, and it get, came here and it fooled me. And, and so, says so you got the blame game going on, but but kind of we kind of went down a tangent there, but but I think that something we we do need to uh, that I want to address is Josh, do you at this point in time feel? Do you feel proud to call yourself an evangelical Christian? What's your take on it as of right now? As of right now? Right now. This present moment? Yep. I'm eating a gummy, a gummy worm right now. While Josh eats a gummy <laughs> no, worm. <I'm... laughs> Josh is eating a gummy worm right now, so I'm going to go ahead and give uh, my my take on it really quick first is that I, I still do consider myself an evangelical Christian. I am totally comfortable identifying myself that way because I know what evangelicalism is. I, I know the point behind it. I think it is a very a very good way to approach our faith, to to have a high view of the Bible, to have a high view of the cross, to say that yes, humanity does need a savior and to to try to evangelize i think those are good principles i think those are all biblical principles and now, now i'm gonna ask you a question yeah. what's the difference between an evangelical christian and a christian i don't really th- because because using your definition there shouldn't be a difference well i think what happens is you have your mainline traditional denominations that are that some of them haven't embraced the evangelical movement. So evangelicalism is more of a movement than it is a denomination or an identifier. It was there, there was a, I think it is the intentionality of Christians who do embrace the biblical call to evangelism. And, and there just might be certain churches and certain Christians who don't necessarily approach Christianity that same way. They might make it, they might focus more on, on the liturgical side of things, the the traditional church calendar, the the religiosity of Christianity, which yeah, I also but, think is a great discussion we should have as well, because I think religion there's like there's this cool movement to take uh, religion out of Christianity, and I think in some ways it's good, in some ways it's bad, but I, but I I just I mean if you look at 
the New Testament and you look at what Christians are called to do, there should not be a difference between evangelical Christians and regular Christians. It's no, just a label. It's it, just exactly. a label. It's, it, it is a label. And I think the reason why labels exist is because there is there's always a cycle within religions, and especially Christianity. You have cycles of periods of time where Christianity goes through highs and lows. It goes through peaks and valleys, where there are times where historically Christians are, are living in biblically accurate ways, in the ways in which God calls us to, in the way in which Jesus calls us to. And then there's like, you kind of have the, the dips, the, the waxes and wanes. And, and I think ever since Christianity kind of got out of the theocratic uh, rule behind it, uh, you know, in late Roman Empire and then the Holy Roman Empire and then, um, you know, ha- as, as societies have gotten less theocratic, I, I believe there there have been these movements because your religion is no longer, your faith is no longer dictated by the state. So you had all these branches and denominations that kind of went off and tried to you know, make it make it their own. And there's a lot of history there and a lot of things yeah. going on. But I'm in full agreement with you. I mean, evangelicalism and being an evangelical Christian is is basically just taking the principles of the Bible, the teachings uh, of Jesus, the teachings of the Old Testament, the New Testament, and just trying to live by them. And and there are people out there who who don't necessarily see the necessity for evangelism. Um, that there are people, there are Christians who who don't necessarily see the need for it, or that think that you know your your responsibility is to go to church, do your thing, you believe, you have your faith, that's fine, that's for me, that's it. And see, that's funny because like, okay, so this is kind of a little side side story. That's fine. So. At City View, we had a church donate a bunch of these really nice little compact Bibles. HSB brand new. Like, we're talking like 30, 40 of these really nice Bibles. Nice. And we're like, okay, that's awesome. One day, we had a, we had a guy, guy I loved to death. Um, he was in a Bible study, and they were covering Matthew 28. You know what verses were missing in Matthew 28 in his Bible? And that we realized were the was the reason they gave us the Bibles for free? 19 and 20? Yep. <laughs> and it's it's just like, like so the, the joke at City View is like, is, oh, are you missing 19 and 20? <laughs> but I mean, I mean, if you're, if you, if you truly believe, if you truly believe that, Jesus is Lord, and that we are, as Christians, called to obey his commandments. Mm -hmm. Just like it says in the Gospel of John, just like it says in John 1, Mm -hmm. or 1 John, um, okay, obedience is important. I mean, it's it's really hard for me to get around Matthew 28. Yeah. I mean, it's, as a Christian, you, that's, that should be a priority. That that should be a fundamental priority in how you live your life. And yeah, I agree. And when we talk about the ebbs and flows through church history, I mean, a lot of times it's very evident. It's like the church realized that they need to get their act together. And then you have this revival. You have this movement. Okay. And then what happens is we become complacent, just like how Israel was in Judges. Yeah. And it's, and <laughs> I mean, it's human nature. But the reality is, is like I, 
when someone asks me what what's my religion, it's I'm a I'm a Christian, mm-hmm. and that's it. I yeah. do what the Bible says. Yeah, and I, and, and I think that that's a term too that some people will even shy away from mm-hmm. or, and want to use like a different term. And it's like it's just, it's it's a it's a it's a great term to define mm-hmm. yourself. It means little Christ. It's mm-hmm. Christian. It's it's a very good term. It's very straightforward. It's but I mean we live in a world right now where. Especially in the United States, if you label, if you put Christian in front of every anything, people are like, no. Yeah. And they're they're so turned off, and that just, I mean, the gospel is the greatest news we can give anybody. Exactly. And, I mean, it's supposed it's it's irresistible. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna steal that from an Andy Stanley book. The mm-hmm. gospel's supposed to be irresistible, but it's so resistible right now. Yeah. Because no, I mean, you, you try to share and people will shut you down. Yeah. And it's like, that's not what it's supposed to be like. And I just, I mean, it means we're doing something wrong as a church. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And I think, I think too, um, something that when we shy away from identifying ourselves as Christians, we we begin to we begin to allow the ones who aren't really representing Christ well get even more and more prevalence cuz cuz i do think the people who kind of shy away from those identity markers the most are probably the ones who shouldn't be right cuz they're concerned for the image of christianity and i think that means that we need to further embrace it even more and, and be like hey this is this is the real deal and really make sure that it you got it, guys. There's so many people who just don't don't read the Bible. Like, I I understand it's a big book, it's a thick book, but but it's not really that big big of a book. But at the same time, take take an hour every day that I'm sure you probably watch television, and see if you can read the Bible instead, and you will have that whole Bible read very shortly. Actually, it'll take you maybe three months reading an hour a day. And it's not bad. It's not bad, and it's totally doable, and you will learn a lot. And uh, something I was going to close out and say, we kind of mentioned how the church goes through ebbs and flows. Right now, uh, I'm, in, I'm in a class uh, called New Testament Biblical Theology, and I, I just had to do some research on Colossians. And something I found fascinating was that y- y- you have Paul writing to the church in Colossae, and there is this this... Uh, false teaching that's occurring within Colossae, and it's not really specifically stated within the letter and even with some historical research and and trying to dig and find out what the exact false teaching was is never really said, which is fine. But what we see from what is said in Colossians is that the false teaching and the doctrines that were kind of creeping into the church were things that were not based on the person of Jesus Christ, were not based on the on the teachings of, of Jesus Christ, and that claimed to have knowledge that superseded the importance of Jesus and superseded the knowledge of Jesus. So there was this new spirituality, this new wave of enlightenment creeping into the church. And, and I do think that at any given moment, any church, any Christian is susceptible to that. And I think right now we're living in a time where in culture it's tough to be a Christian. But what I will say 
is it's so important to know the Bible. It's so important to know Scripture. It's so important to even know the context of it so that we don't allow those outside forces to creep in to places where they don't belong. And I do think we live in a time where for for us as Christians, it can be it, we might be in danger of finding ourselves in that place. It's funny. I was so I was at a I was at a work seminar today, according to this. Okay, uh, like uh, uh, as of recording, I was at a work seminar earlier today, and the the one speaker made a comment. He said, it "Used to be our phones used to distract us from driving, but now driving distracts us from our phones." And and when it, when we're talking about evangelicalism in the marketplace and in politics, it's it's it it used to be our faith dictated our politics. At least that's what it seems like. Um, but now it seems like our politics are dictating our faith. And it, it's just been it, it's an interesting. We live in an interesting time, and. A lot of people say that it's never been like this, but it has. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it has. History has shown that it has. And Humans and have been the same for a long time. <laughs> and every time this happens, every time there's this lull when it comes to doctrine and trying to and the church trying to do what it's called to do. OK, what what brings it back? What, what, what re-energizes it, refocuses it? It's a bunch of people deciding to take some time, refocus on what does what does God say through Scripture. Okay, now let's go do that. Yeah, and that's I mean it's as simple as that. Yeah, that's and how the just, Reformation started, and it's right making there. sure that we focus on the right things. Yeah, and not only focus on the right things, but going and actually acting on them because you can make a plan. All day. Mm-hmm. But unless you take that first step into action, it will never happen. Yeah. Yeah. And that's 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 my encouragement. Yeah. That's that's my last words on this yeah. topic. Cause, Amen, uh, my friend. We <laughs> we have gone to to our limit. Just want to thank everybody for listening to this episode of Wrecking Coals. We are 16 episodes in. We are almost four months down on doing this. This is exciting. Each and every episode just is is more and more enjoyable to do. Thank you all for listening. If you guys think about it, be sure to check out our Facebook page. You can find us, E43 Collective is the name of the Facebook page, or our website, E43Collective.com, where you can find our other podcasts, the After Sunday Discussion, and our blogs are up there as well. Um, and if you wouldn't mind giving us as a subscription, whether you're on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play, that would be great. So that helps us spread the word even more. Thank you so much for listening. We hope that you all have a blessed week, that you had a fantastic Easter, and we will see you next time on Raking Coals. Mm-hmm.